Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's with your host, but the one and only Liam. That's me. Anyways, to start off, we are going to be diving into uh, what correlates with Wheel Ox Chapter 22, which is uh, the fifth declension. So... I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to dive right on into it and not waste any time here. This will be a rather short episode, um, not as short as the other couple prior, but there's just one important rule to remember in this chapter, and that is that fifth declension represents E-stem nouns, which are for the most part feminine in gender. But hey, look at this. Latin only has five declensions, so this is the last declension we'll study. That's an exciting thing. Huzzah! Fifth declension consists of nouns characterized by E. This declension is a unique conflation which the Romans brewed up at one point in their history and, furthermore, is why it's the most used declensions in Latin. Just kidding. As Latin after classical classical antiquity began evolving into the Roman languages we know today, this e-stem category of nouns was concocted into other declensions and disappeared as a separate grammatical category. <clears throat> Here are the endings of the fifth declension noun, starting at, at, at the nominative singular and going down. As a a m a. So when I say A-E, that's spelled E-I, and then in the ablative, A is just E. In the plural, we have A's, A-room, A-bus, A's, A-bus. Again, the stem looks like it is all E. A close look at the ending show why it's really easy for the post-classical Romans to subsume fifth declension with third, for instance. So fifth and third declension look a lot like each other. In fact, the majority of fifth declension endings look a lot like long E stem with third declension endings appended onto it. Um, The only exception is the genitive case where AE and A room, uh, which resemble second declension, not third. So here's a side-by-side comparison if we think about the third and the fifth. So we have fifth, we have A's, A-E-A-E-M-A, and then the third we have, um, what do we have? We have uh, the the irregular nominative singular, and then E-S-I-M-A. And then in the plural for the fifth, we have A's, A-room, A-bus, A's, A-bus. And in the third, we have A's, um, E-bus, A's, E-bus. So not a lot of uh, super correlations there, but note that the ending A shows up in three places. The nominative singular, the nominative plural, and the accusative plural. While it might seem on the surface that that will make distinguishing these forms difficult, in practice, that's not actually the case. The fact that these forms are often accompanied by a first-slash-second declension adjective will help distinguish them. Now, let's decline space, bay, which is a feminine noun, in the fifth declension, which means hope. Space, 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 bem, spay, 
Spes, sperum, spabus, spes, spabus. Ooh, you know, now I'm starting to second guess myself if that means hope. I'm pretty sure that means hope. Now let's review the use of the ablative case. So we're going to go ahead. We declined fifth declension. Pretty straightforward. Same uh, rules apply with nominative, genitive, dative, accusative, and ablative. Um, just a little refresher. Nominative, fancy word for meaning subject. Genitive, possessive noun. Dative, indirect object. Accusative, direct object. Ablative, preposition. Uh, prepositional phrase or object of a preposition. Um, so now... We are going to dive into the ablative case a little bit more because uh, we have more um, forms. The majority of ablatives have prepositions. So that's what we refer to as the object of the preposition. So in locis ilis, in that place would be um, uh, a typical ablative construction. So that would mean if I were to ask you what case is locis and why, you'd say that locis was ablative and you would say it was object of the preposition in. But there are two major exceptions to this rule. So number one, uh, one involving the preposition ob and number two, the other one involving cum. So let's look at cum first. When cum signals accompaniment, it imports the meaning along with that is, hand in hand with, as in cum amicis, with friends, or nobiscum, with us. This use of the of cum, rather, uh, what we call accompaniment, like I mentioned, uh, which requires the preposition and whose object is always a person or personage in a different grammatical construction and must be differentiated from the ablative of manner, which also uses the preposition cum, but in a very different sense. In the fashion of, in the manner of, for example, cum ira, with anger, that is angrily, or cum spay, with hope hopefully. All right. Cool beans. I was right though. Glad I didn't second guess myself. Space bay means hope. So the prepositional phrase functions adverbally in this case, right? So it shows the manner in which some action happened. The means the object of cum in an ablative of manner has to be some sort of abstract noun, such as courage, speed, or strength. So it can be a person like with the ablative of, or rather, I'm sorry, important note, it can't be a person like the ablative of, a com- of accompaniment. So ablative of manner, think about it. It's abstract nouns. It's the manner in, way, in which you do something. Maybe you did it cleverly. Maybe you did it fast, uh, fastly or whatever, or you did it with, right? Or with, um, with courage, with speed, with strength, with vitality, whatever. Anyways, here are the uses of the ablative that we've encountered so far, uh, which do not employ a preposition. We're going to review these real quick. Um, and I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to keep it short and sweet and simple and uh, call it a day. So first, the ablative of means with using by means of. Those are typical uh, uses of the ablative of means. Here the noun must be a tool or instrument. For instance, igne. So igne would be with fire or literary suis. Literary suis would be with their letter. 
Alrighty, so the ablative of point in time, right? We got we have the ablative of time, but I, I like to indicate point in time because it's the equivalent to the use of the English prepositions in, within, on, at. And the noun used must be a unit of time, such as temporibus istis, right? So in those times, or aetate mea, which is at my age. So... Finally, the ablative of separation also does not require a preposition and implies from, for example, nos serutute libertate, meaning free us from slavery. Or just like Latin, English can use no preposition to indicate separation. For example, stulti sapientia current, which translates into English as fools lack wisdom. So that's going to totally wrap up this short, sweet, nice little episode, just going over our final declension. Um, and we can kiss those goodbye now. So uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of the other, other things to, you know, learn and go over and stuff like that. So don't get too excited or anything like that. But um, give me some time. I've realized that my textbook, I, since I haven't finished it, and what I'm doing right now is I'm basically reading back from... Uh, what my textbook or like notes basically it's not exactly what I've written but um, I need to continue on I uh, I only have a few more episodes that I could probably do audibly and then I'm gonna have to figure out ways in which to uh, bring the subjunctive and uh, lots of clauses relative clauses and all that kind of indirect clauses oof bringing layman's terms to that kind of stuff, which is going to take me a little bit of time, so bear with me, but I'm going to try and keep posting this content very, very regularly. I love this stuff. I hope you guys love it too. I hope you're learning a lot. Stick with me. There are going to be more avenues in which I'm going to disseminate this information so that you can have a visual um, you know, guide as well. So thanks again, everybody. I appreciate you all. Tempest Est Descadere. Mm-hmm.